Howard Sudbury, oh. back to you. Yeah. <laughs> and along this week is Steve Vestry. <laughs> Steve Vestry. Featuring. 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 We went through that before. Yeah. Featuring. With. Oh, God. With. Is with worse it's, than featuring? It's worse. Yes. Which is worse? It's worse. Are we rolling? Yep. Yeah, we're, we're good to go. Okay. The following is a Tony Lozano podcast and Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury featuring Steve Basterville. That's not funny. Yeah, well, to me it was. It's and not that's funny only at all. That's all about humor. Humor is really making amusing yourself. No, well, yeah, you're the only one that thinks that's funny. <laughs> so it was, in that sense, it's very humorous. It, that means it was successful. Yeah. How are you? I'm 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 all right. I'm fine. Are you? I, uh, yeah, I got a lot a lot going on in my life, as you know. As we sit here, uh, my daughter's getting married in about five days. Yes, five days, and I'm filled with anxiety, uh, just because emotion, uh, emotion, um, uh, you know, just a, a lot going on with people calling and now relatives arriving already. And uh, I'm on the periphery of a lot of that. I just say, okay, what do we do next? And But my wife and my daughter are consumed with it because my daughter's wedding and it's special. Yeah. Now, the, um, other, the only thing that I was most involved in was seating people, seating people. Yeah, that's not, now, for, I, the, I, that's not for the man. No, it, well, I, somehow I got involved in it. Because you don't care where they sit, do you? I don't, but the ones who who are seated might care <laughs> when I let you know where you are. I don't care where now, I sit. Or, but just listen. I um, <laughs> So it's not for the wedding itself. You're either on one side or the other side. Yeah. But at this reception with tables and, yeah. you know, tables of 10 here and who's going to sit with whom. Yeah. And, and let me put it this way. Do you, uh, do you mind being at a table with total strangers? No. You don't. I might prefer it. Do you mind being at a table where none of them are sober? Uh, that would not bother me. Wouldn't? No, because let's face it, you eat and you get up and you're going to be walking around. If you dance, which I don't, I don't, you'll be walking around having a cocktail, talking to other people. So, no, I, it doesn't matter where I sit. Okay. Your wife has the same attitude. I didn't ask her. You didn't ask her to come to it, or you didn't ask her how she felt? Both. Wow. <laughs> this is going to be really cool, because you'll be at one table, and your wife will be at another table. She will. I like that with people, already. With people she knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but not me. And, um, no, do, do you mind being at a table with all my drunk uncles? No, I would love that. You would? I would, I would love that, because okay, I'd love ahead. to talk to your uncles. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't know whether uh, there'd be much uh, coherent conversation. Because I would find out, I would think that after all these years that I know a lot about you, but I think I would find out a lot more. No, I'm just teasing. There's nobody that's going to be. If it's anybody There's drunk, nobody it'll be, be drunk. It'll be me. If anybody, <laughs> <laughs> if anybody is drunk. Uh, I was curious about the church itself. The, they have a wedding planner person. And yeah. She says one of the main... Uh, concerns through the years that she's been doing it uh, is people arriving half inebriated from the night before celebrating. Yeah. Right. I didn't even think of yeah. it that way. Um, how much is it costing? A lot. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't really know, man. It, I didn't expect you to up. answer it. It goes up every time. I don't even look at a tab. It's like I'm running a tab yeah. at some resort, and there's a whole lot of people on the tab, and I haven't seen what they've ordered. Where do you see my tab? Woo. You know, if we're you, thinking about just serving tab. Remember tab? Yes. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's still around. I would keep that theme. No liquor, just tab. Yeah. You know. Um, Do you think a lot of people listening to this right now know what Tab was? I think there are quite a few. Uh, you do? I think Tab has a cult following. Really? Yeah. Can you still get Tab? Yeah. You can. I just said that. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you talking to me? I just said <laughs> I didn't know what I you were just, talking to. I mean, I, I just said it like 15 <laughs> seconds ago. You just what? <laughs> you are distracted this week. I am. You're so distracted that you sent me a text the other night and... I forgot it was, but it was something personal in it. <laughs> in all caps, that's the pre-laugh. I heard Jerry Seinfeld making fun of comedians one time when they're up, up there. They think they're so hot, and they do the pre-laugh before they tell the joke. <laughs> you know, now, who's pre? You you, you pre-laughed pre at your own, or, or did I started I because yeah. it was a natural laugh because I think it's funny. You sent a text; it was something personal, and the last, I'm glad that you're talking about something personal. And the last yeah. the last line in all caps said. Not for publication. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Because you think yeah. that I'm simple enough to put it on social media or, yes. or talk about it on the podcast. Very simple. Yes. Very simple. Because you think I'm simple. And by the way, have you ever had any tab? Uh, I've heard of it. What, tell me about it. Well, Is I, this, it. Do they still make it? Do you think people listening to us now know what tab was? Well, I don't know if they do or not. You know, this, this brings up a point. We're... <laughs> How many shows in, Tony? <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're seven, eight hundred. Doing this program so, with you is like the, the movie A Beautiful Mind. You're talking to people that aren't here. Yes. Who is Tony? I yes. don't know. Yes. He's laughing. Well, he's doing. Here, he, here's the thing. He's we, doing pre-laughs at jokes. Pre-laughs. That, that, that I don't watch, understand that either. Watch him when he's having coffee and he laughs with another guy about the comedians to do the pre-laugh <laughs> when you're getting ready to tell a story. <laughs> so you, <laughs> yeah, and it's not that funny anyway. But uh, I was thinking about this. You did another we've done, pre-laugh. You did we've it. done these. I was that was just for effect. All right. So anyway, I was thinking about this show. We were going to do all these all these stories, and we've got all this. Uh, was that construction? They're doing construction in the building, so you might hear that in the background. But we do. We had all these stories and all these interesting <laughs> to us conversations we've had. And eight shows in, I realized we're out of material. <laughs> we got. Well, we, well, that's a long, fruitful life you've we've, lived. We've and got that's material. I want to mention. Of what was important. I want to mention one other thing, and then we're going to get to our guest. Um, Can we? Please. Our, our goal to get. The ultimate guest is to get Barack Obama. Yes. So David Axelrod was in his administration in some role. He used to write for the Chicago Tribune. And I know somebody that knows David Axelrod, and I'd like to have him on, too. So I sent him a text the other day. I got a number. And do you think that, uh, A, uh, either he didn't get it, uh, B, he doesn't know or care about me, who I am, and deleted it? Too busy to answer yet, or just doesn't want to be on the show? I'm going to say that he's too busy to answer yet. Oh, that's very polite. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep, I'll keep after him. What do you think? Uh, um, I think maybe he changed his number. Okay. That's what I think. Anyway, but we do want to get Barack Obama on here. Yes. And what's going to happen is there's a new show. 
uh, on the Radio Misfits Network called And Friends. It was Tony Lozano and Friends, and they branched out on their own, and they're talented uh, young people. And I know I'm going to pop that on one day, and they're going to say, hey, our special guest today is Barack Obama. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And you know what else they're going to say? Stephen Howard, Fe know him. No, they're going to say, featuring Steve. <laughs> featuring Steve, yes. Yeah, and then Obama will cancel. Yeah. He'll give a pre-laugh and Be leave. <laughs> <laughs> because Axelrod. Hey, our special guest today is Monica Benson, a person that I've known for a few years, very talented musician, and she is the bugler at Arlington International Racecourse, the racetrack where I work in my, my other job. And well, I'm glad you're letting everybody know, except me. Yeah, I now, didn't every send Every one you... of these podcasts, yes. you'll send somebody's bio a list of 50 questions yes and another extra 50 if those run out and it, and you'll send them to people that I know right i mean i know who the person is and you're still and sending you know, and you know what bios and, and and internet uh, youtube videos of them and all of that I'm this person comes on she doesn't know me from good eating apples that's right never met her no what do you send me nothing I wanted you totally unprepared. Well, I so want you totally of that, unprepared, too. Because of that, you're not yeah, going to ask any questions, that's right? I'm going to let and Monica's you... Monica's here and... Do your thing. I'll do my thing with her. Yes. All right. Can it you handle time? it? Yes. And sure. we have a little intro for her that she plays very often. Yeah. You know, Steve and I love to have people on that have what we would consider unusual jobs and, and aren't necessarily famous, although this guest has a level of fame, I would say. Uh, she's, a, she's a bright young lady, talented young lady. Uh, she's 58, so I only say she's young in comparison to Steve. But uh, no, she's much younger than that. Uh, and she is Monica Benson. Monica, I work with out at Arlington International Racecourse, the uh, thoroughbred racetrack here in Chicago. And she is Arlington's bugler. And that is one of her titles, I would say. Monica, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you excited to be on this uh, this podcast? I'm excited. Thanks for having me out. I wouldn't expect you to say no. <laughs> no, <laughs> traffic was bad. I really wasn't that excited to come in the first place, but uh, you politely said uh, you were excited. Um, are you a podcast listener? I am. I love listening to podcasts. I do a lot of driving, so um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. And do you know the name of this one? Back to you. Oh, very good. With the number two, right? Yes. Yeah. The number, yes. <laughs> very good. Have you listened to it? Negative. <laughs> Negative. I am not. You sound like Steve. Steve Baskerville. He doesn't listen to your podcast? He has never listened to it because oh. he doesn't like the sound. He says he doesn't like the sound of his own voice. Right, Steve? <laughs> Steve, see, he doesn't like the sound of his own voice, so uh, he won't he won't talk right now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> he's pouting. His he's name that is way. Just on the podcast, right? Well, he's he talk. see, he's got a huge ego, and he he's mad because I sit over here. He calls this the, like the controlled side, you know. Although I don't press any buttons or anything, but I start the show. And I read the the promo announcements and all this stuff. Uh -huh. So he that 
it, it gets to him, although he says he wants me to do it. He calls <laughs> me the facilitator. Oh, okay. And he says I'm good at it, which I which is a lie. I'm not good at it. But anyway, he just he doesn't want to do it. So anyway, you should just pretend like you're pressing a bunch of buttons over there. And he won't even <laughs> and he won't even chime in. Uh, so because of that, let's get back to you. So I mentioned that you're the bugler at Arlington International Racecourse. So it's kind of neat. You wear a a red jacket. I do. And white pants and black boots. The yep. uniform of a racetrack bugler and you walk out and you play this song they're called a post mm-hmm. and then horses come walking toward you yep how many people in the country and the world have that job do you think that's why i said it's so unique oh man i i don't know not very many Probably i would say 15 maybe yeah. tops tops yeah because maybe most less. most racetrack maybe less most racetracks mm-hmm. play a recording yeah, a lot of them do. Um, anytime I tell any of my musician friends that this job exists, the that's the response. Usually they're like, oh, I thought that was a recording, you know, because a lot of racetracks do have a recording, especially smaller ones that don't have, um, I don't know, maybe the resources money. to have. Money. Yeah. yeah, resources, you call it, I call it yeah. money. <laughs> tomato, tomato, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I would say maybe, yeah, maybe 15 yeah. People what do you talk. What do you like about it? Oh man, I don't know. My favorite part of the job is just being around the horses. I love animals. Uh-huh. So I have two cats, and I grew up with dogs and any number of animals. So I just I just love being around all the horses, and then getting to interact with all the people there too is really cool. Because anytime, usually I'll play I'll play the call to post down in the winter circle area, and then I'll walk up through the crowd. And people stop me all the time, and they're like, what kind of instrument is that? Like, how'd you get this job? Uh-huh. Or can I take a picture with you? So it's, it's kind of cool just getting to, I don't know, talk with all the, all the people that are there, too. All the things I'm going to say to you, all the questions I'm going to ask you, you just uh, threw out there. So <laughs> uh, do you ever play the call to post at home to your cats? <laughs> um, sometimes, like when I'm practicing, I guess. <laughs> And do they do they parade out like the horses? No, they just sleep. They're pretty lazy. <laughs> they are. They're like me. How much, like when you practice at home, because you're a musician, and we'll talk about some of the other things that you do sure. in your job or your jobs or, mm-hmm. you know, in orchestra or whatever. Sure. Um, how often do you practice at home? A lot. A lot. So I typically practice every day, like, three about about three hours I have like a I kind of break it up into two different sessions so I do like an hour and a half in the morning and then like an hour and a half in the afternoon so and if sometimes if my schedule um is a little weird I'll I'll have to go to a different space to practice um just because my I live in an apartment so I can't be playing at like I don't know nine o'clock at night so, yeah, I usually have two sessions, like a warm-up session that I do, like, basic fundamentals. Kind of like um, when uh, athletes are working out, like, they have, like, their their fundamentals that they do every day. You know, yeah. like their warm-up, their workout, all that kind of stuff. And then later in the day, they get into more... Um, like detailed workouts, like say they want to work on a particular aspect of their swing. If they're a baseball player, you know, they, they can work on that like a little bit later. So that's the same thing in my afternoon session. I usually have a more detailed, um, like particular thing that I'm working on. So if I'm working on sound, I'll work on, I'll have some exercises that I work on to, to, um, help make my sound a certain way. Or if I'm working on like, I don't know, a particular piece of music for another gig or something, I'll usually do that in the afternoon. 
Yeah, I was wondering, you live in an apartment if you ever got a... Um, not in my current Please apartment. Please knock it off. <laughs> Please. It's beautiful, but yes. I work nights. Yeah. Not in my current apartment. I have gotten it in previous places that I live. Because, I mean, obviously I play trumpet, so it's not the quietest of instruments. But yes. Yeah. Such is the life of a musician in a city. <laughs> Uh, Samuel is our engineer. How did that play when I when I pounded on this console? He is good to hear it. Did it jolt you a little bit? Yeah. Would you prefer that I didn't do that again? Oh no, it's fine. Okay, all right. Uh, you talked about Monica. I'm going back to Monica, Sam. Um, well, you talked about exercises that you work on to produce different sounds. What kind of exercises are you talking about? Um, so I just have I have a lot of method books. Um, I studied trumpet in college, so and I started playing my instrument. Uh, I don't know, probably when I was like eleven or twelve. And just throughout your time of studying your instrument, you acquire a lot of books. <laughs> um, so like exercise books, method books, and they just have. Um, depending on whatever skill you're working on and you're trying to get better. So say I'm trying to um, make um, like from one note to another note, the distance between those two notes really clean. There will be an exercise that I can find in one of those books or I'll make one up, you know, just to be like, oh, I want bye. I want those two notes, that distance between those two notes to be really clean. Um, so I'll develop some kind of exercise that works on that particular interval. Um, so sometimes you can find it in a book. Sometimes you make them up. Sometimes you do, yeah, just, it depends on the day. I like to, I, some people do the same thing every day, same warm up, same kind of exercises, but I like to vary mine just so I don't get bored. So you're talking about musical exercises. I, yeah. I relish in, in asking uh, what I think to be stupid questions, but, uh, <laughs> so here, here's one of them that may be, uh, Speaking of exercise, do you have to exercise so you have enough wind to play a certain song? I mean, you have to hold notes. You have to control your breathing. You have to, I would think that you have to be in reasonably good shape, which you are. Yeah. So one of those, one of those, breathing is one of those um, aspects of playing that um, is really good to isolate. So a lot of breathing exercises you can do away from your horn. So usually in the morning, in my morning session, I'll do some breathing exercises. So it'll be like breathing in for four counts, breathing out for four counts, and like breathing in for four counts, and then breathing out, like exhaling everything out in three counts. So, um, just kind of exercises like that, but usually breathing exercises you isolate by themselves because that's a totally different thing that you can do away from the horn. Um, but yeah, it's a breathing is a super important part of playing your instrument. Have you ever heard of Doc Severinsen? Yeah, I actually met him huh? a few weeks ago. I thought in that Miami. was a sure no. No. Yeah, actually, um, I was at the International Trumpet Guild Conference, which is this, uh, the International Trumpet Guild is uh, basically a, uh, like a professional organization for trumpet players. And they have a big conference every year. And it's just like a big trumpet nerd conference where like all of these trumpet players descend upon some city, basically. So this year it was in Miami uh -huh. and Doc was there and he kind of did like master of ceremonies for like a bunch of stuff at ITG. He, he actually played a little bit, which is cool. Cause he's like, I forgot how old he is. He's like in his, I think he's in his 
late 80s, early uh, 90s. I would think so. Yeah, but he, so he doesn't really play anymore, but th- we had a salsa night there, and he got up on stage and, like, played some trumpet for salsa night, so it was pretty cool. I wonder why he doesn't play anymore. I think it's just, I mean, an, just an age thing. He is actually 92. 92. That's yeah. the answer as to why he doesn't yeah. play anymore. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to. He's still kind of thought of as, like, the the grandfather of the, the trumpet world, you know? So he is re- very respected among most trumpet players, you know, because he had such an, a long established career, you know, so a lot of people still look up to him for advice and he still has some really great things to say, you know, so it was cool to hear him play. I'd never heard him play, but it was cool. Well, when you think about a dream gig, I mean, he had a job in the Tonight Show playing mm-hmm. five nights a week, you right. know, year round yeah. and in front of a huge, massive audience. I can't explain to somebody your age what it was like when, you know, there, there wasn't Netflix, all these TV stations, there were just the networks and a couple other stations, and everybody in the, well, not everybody, but I would say the majority of the people in the country at 1030 Central Time were in Chicago, mm-hmm. watched The Tonight Show. Right. And Johnny would bring Doc into it and would have a banner with him back and forth. Sure. And uh, with Ed McMahon as announcer, mm-hmm. and they were just part of the team. It was part of the show. And and the Tonight Show Orchestra was fabulous. Yeah. I, I can't even... I think that would be so cool to, I don't know, be a part of that and have that be something that you watch, like, every night. You know, like, I've, I've, I've seen... Most trumpet players have seen, like, old videos of Doc, you know, playing on, yeah. on The Tonight Show and stuff like that. But And I've seen YouTube videos of him doing that. But just to have that be something that you do every night, like, with your family. Like, it's The Tonight Show. Sit down and you watch this and you hear Doc every night. You know, like... It's crazy. I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Yeah, here's some other uh, trivia that uh, Tony Lozano, our executive producer, is uh, he's an expert on trivia. But Paul Anka wrote the Tonight Show theme. Oh, uh, I didn't Paul know Anka, that. you ever heard of him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're really well versed in these old guys. Paul Anka has so many songwriting credits. He could. Yes. He could be. He has songwriting credits for like Michael Jackson. Really? Or, yeah. Like a bunch, a bunch of really famous people. So can what, I stop you for a second? Sure. You should actually be doing this show. <laughs> the only reason why I know <laughs> it's this going is... to be back to you with Steve and Monica <laughs> if Steve would show up. The only reason why I know this is because one of my trumpet mentors. Tours, he actually plays in the Paul Anka band right now. And he, like, Paul Anka flies everyone everywhere, the band for their, like, he flies them in their, like, private jet to all their tours. It's crazy. But, yeah, he has this thing where he invites, if you want to, if you're, say you're an an artist and you want to write a song and you want Paul Anka to help you write that song, he lets you come and stay at his place for free. But any intellectual property created at his um like on his property like on um like while you're staying there he has the credit for basically so unless you want to buy the songwriting credit from him like he technically has the rights to anything written on his property where does so he he'll live help you write that i have no idea probably somewhere in california southern california yeah. so if i had a song that i that i wrote mm-hmm. and i got a hold of paul i could go out and stay with him for a couple of weeks if i wanted to give him the song yeah yeah huh. so he'll, he would help you write it and he would just own it that'll be the theme for this <laughs> show <laughs> back to you with steve and steve and monica <laughs> 
So he wrote the Tonight Show theme. So he joked that because of the residuals, uh-huh. you know, and all the reruns, every yeah. time it played the theme of the song, he got paid. Oh, yeah. So he talked about how much money he made off of that, put his kids through college and sure. everything. So uh, you get one of those and you got it made. Right. I'll just need to write a bunch of songs. Have you heard <laughs> of uh, Herb Albert? I have. Yes. I don't know much about him or I'm going to do this until I came across <laughs> until I come across somebody that she hasn't heard of. Uh, go ahead. I don't know much about his group. Um, I know that my mom used to have an old record player, and she, my mom, loves to shop at uh, like thrift stores. So she would like bring home all of these like Herb Albert albums because she's like there's a trumpet in this and you know like I was growing up playing the trumpet and she's like you should listen to this so I just remember hearing like some songs that she would play on this old record player but I don't I haven't really listened to him much in my adult life that's really interesting I (laughs) thought that you were going to say that your mom likes to shop in thrift stores and she ran into Herb Albert there one day (laughs) (laughs) but that would have been awesome (laughs) that'd be a better story so you might you might want to work that in but uh it's interesting anyway we'll be right back on back to you this is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave on this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave sweaty viking butts Tech Savvy Teen. Don't bring those beer and cigarettes to a funeral. The worst hitting Cubs pitcher ever. Rick's brush with Jay Leno. An improv hero, Brendan Sullivan. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. Hey, this is Tony Lasano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello! We feature some of the coolest guests like Brian Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. <laughs> we are back and back to you. And the obvious question, or an obvious question, is what's the difference in a bugle and a trumpet, and which do you play at Arlington when you play the call to post? Okay. Um, so I love this question. So a bugle just Thank doesn't you. have. <laughs> good question, Howard. Um, a bugle just doesn't have valves. So like those three buttons that you see on normally on a trumpet. Yeah. Um, a bugle just doesn't have any of those. So it's just like a wrapped coiled piece of metal, basically, with like the flare for the bell. And then a trumpet has valves. So what I play at the racetrack is actually called a herald trumpet. And it's used for ceremonial purposes. So like you'll see them at something like the opening ceremonies of the Olympics or like the Royal wedding or the presidential inauguration. They're main, they're made for, um, heralding, you know, like to an announce something, yeah, you know? Right. So basically I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Bugle. I was, <laughs> I was shocked one time you, you played it on the trumpet mm-hmm. and I see the three valves on there and you were explaining that. And I saw with your hands that you don't touch the valves. Right. Yep. When you play it. So what, how do you change the melody? How do you change the sound? Sure. So um, 
the a trumpet you can press like you can play different notes um without moving any valves on on the instrument and you do that by blowing a little bit of faster air through the horn and then you tighten your lips a little bit so that call to post is like i i forgot like four or five different notes but you don't press any buttons down to play it yeah so it's just your lips and your air and i've had people yell from from the crowd because I don't move my fingers. They're like, you're not playing that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing. But that's why um, people call it a bugle, because those any of those songs, Reveille, Taps, The Call to Post, all of those are called bugle calls because they're traditionally played on a bugle. So for Reveille, Taps, um, Call to Post, there's a bunch of other ones. I just can't. I don't, I'm not very well versed in bugle calls, but those are like the most famous ones probably. But for all of those, you don't press any buttons down. So if I wanted to press the second button down on my trumpet, I could play the same thing, call to post. Um, but, and I wouldn't have to move any, any buttons just to just have the second one down. Yeah. yeah. So I could really play it in any key that I, cause when you press the buttons down, you just, that means that you're playing that same bugle call, just in a different key. Um, so I could play that in any any key, but traditionally it's just open. So the nine or ten years that I've been at Arlington, I think there have been only two buglers. How long have you been there now? How many years? Um, this is my sixth year wow. there. It's weird. It and is. time goes by really fast there. It does. Yeah. And how did you get it? How did you get the job? Uh, so I was finishing up my last year at DePaul University, so my senior year there. And the track, somebody from the track, I don't even know who it was, uh, called the my school and asked if anyone wanted to come out and audition for that job. And I guess I guess they had called like Northwestern and some other music schools. There's three big music schools in Chicago. There's Northwestern, Roosevelt, and DePaul. And I think you guys might have called all those schools, um, but I know some some a bunch of people came out and auditioned, and I auditioned, and I you guys hired me. So that's how, yeah. it, how it happened. Do you know how many people auditioned? I have no idea. Yeah, I know there were three from my school that came out and auditioned, but I'm not sure. How many times did you have to play it? Well, and and w- was there like a committee sitting there listening? <laughs> yes. So actually my audition, I was so nervous. I got there late because I had borrowed my mom's. I'm from St. Louis. So my mom and dad had visited me the weekend before and my mom left her car in the city for me so I could drive to the racetrack. And, um, I had never, I don't at that point, hadn't really driven in the city ever. So I put, uh, avoid tolls on my GPS uh-huh. to get out to the racetrack. So it took me like almost an hour to get out there from the city. And I was running late and I was freaking out. And I finally pull up and I don't know, it was you, you were there and Alyssa Ali was there. And I think Kevin Clark was there as well. Our, our operations manager at the racetrack. And I came out and I played the call to post and then you all wanted me to play the Blackhawks theme song, like like the Chelsea Dagger. And then I sang the national anthem too. Cause I, the bugler before me, she had done the bugling and singing the national anthem. So I did that as well. I sang the anthem there for a little bit, but it's too nerve wracking. So I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
So I asked you who auditioned you. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells me I was one of them. Yeah. That, does that give you a clue of where my mind is right now, that my mind is absolutely gone? I don't remember that, but I made a good yeah. choice. Maybe you need a vacation. Because, uh, yeah, how about that? <laughs> Take me with you. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Steve is retired. and uh, So every day is a vacation. He's taken yeah. on two jobs. Two jobs? Although we don't consider this a job. We like doing this. Yeah. This is really fun. Tony Lozano makes it fun. He encourages us. Um, Samuel just sits in there and waits. He, I, I, he might enjoy it, but he's really just kind of waiting for it to be over and <laughs> hoping that, that I don't pound on the console again. But, uh, no, we don't consider this a job because it's fun to find out things about people, mm -hmm. uh, as I said, that might have an unusual occupation sure. and find out, uh, you know, different things about them and their lives and how they got to where they are. Sure. Because I talked, uh, we had Mike Ditka, which is posted on our Back to You on RadioMisfits.com and um, talked about a big break that he got in his life, what he wrote, George Hallis the oh, former sure. coach of the Bears, a letter, mm -hmm. and said, if you make a change, hey, I'm an assistant coach down in Dallas, I'd like to be considered. And he got the job, and the oh, rest wow. was history. So everybody needs a break in their life to get them on the right track. Sure. Do you consider this job a break? Because it has given you some notoriety, sure. uh, a lot of publicity. Uh, as you walk around the racetrack, you're recognized. You're you're an ambassador for the racetrack. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're always going to get recognized around the racetrack when you wear a when you wear a red coat, <laughs> white pants, black boots, and carry a bugle. Yeah. But people know who you are, and they really they really love you. So, um, do you consider this a big break? I do. I do. So this job is extremely unique in that sense. You know, like. I, Chicago is one of the is a big music market. There are a lot, a lot of musicians here and there are a lot of musicians that are working and doing like having a similar type career that I'm having, like the, a patchwork career where like I work at the racetrack, I do a lot of teaching, I do freelancing, um, I have an admin job, but you know, like my career is like pretty like patchwork and that's really common for like a lot of musicians. Um, but this job has definitely given me a, a platform, you know, which it's like most of your, most people don't have like a, a gig that does that for them. And that's really the, a cool part about this job, you know, like not many musicians I know have like a billboard with their face on it, you know, yeah. like, it's really weird. It's a, such a weird job for it being like, oh, you go out and you play this little trumpet call for 30 seconds and then you come back in and then you go out and you play it again for another 30 seconds you know like it's it's just such a weird job but it's also in a it's a very special job too because like I've met some of my some of my best friends I have met like through this job you know like um I don't know it's been so much more than a job you know because when you spend mm -hmm. every weekend of the summertime with the people that you work with like you become really close with them, you know? So it's, and everyone knows how weird of an industry the horse racing industry is and how weird of a, just like, I don't know. There are a I lot think, of things going on there. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like something that brings people that work in that industry closer together in some weird way, you know? So yeah. it's, it's a lot more than a, a job. 
Sure. So. I understand. You play other things uh, in the course of the season. Sure. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is that on Memorial Day, mm-hmm. uh, we have a first responders day at Arlington. Sure. And we have, you know, military honor guards that come out for the national anthem before the mm-hmm. singer. And at times then you have played taps. Sure. So you've got this formal honor guard behind you. Mm-hmm. You've got retired veterans. We had a bunch of, um, you know, honorees from, you know, from wars that are decorated military heroes. Sure. And you have had to play taps. What's that experience like? And as you play it, I mean, you're trying to get it right, which you've done it perfectly. But uh, have you ever gotten emotional when you think, do you do you just think technically about how you're playing the song or do you ever think about the meaning of it as you play it? Yeah, I mean, when you're playing something like taps, there always is an emotional element to it because it means that song in particular means a lot to a lot of people. So. I just try and take all of the technical aspects of trumpet playing out completely. So I'm not thinking like, okay, my lips are doing this. My air is doing this. I can't think of it that way. I just have to think of the song basically. So I'm just in my head, like I'm singing it in my head as I'm playing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, every time I play that the first time I, it takes me back to the very first time I ever had to play taps. So my grandpa was in world war two and he was at, he was actually at D-Day. He was in the Navy. And so my grandma really wanted me to play taps at his funeral. Mm. And I think this was, I was a sophomore in college and that was the first time I'd ever had to play it ever. And it was like, I was really pretty close with my grandpa. So that was, that was so hard. So every time I play that, I always kind of think about the first time that I ever played it, which was like at his funeral. So I don't know. It's kind of, it kind of has a little bit of meaning for me too, I guess. So that's kind of, but I don't know. It does. You definitely have to, to think about the like significance of it when you're playing it, I think to get it right. Well, I think, you know, it has meaning for all of us because, you know, we feel, you know, the, the empathy for the war heroes and, Mm -hmm. you know, the friends that they lost and their families are there. But I think we've all had, you know, grandfather, a father, sure. an aunt, or uh, an uncle, or something like that, where taps has been played oh, yeah. at the service. So I think that you can relate to it. Sure. Um, Steve has a question that he wanted to throw your way. Steve? <laughs> no, he just he just is not into it today. He, he likes you a lot. He, he was talking so much before we started. Uh. And now he won't. And now he won't say a word. Uh, let me ask you: Who are some of the more interesting people that you have met at the racetrack? Because we do get a fair amount of celebrities that that come through there. Oh man! Um, well, it's always interesting with Ditka's there because he is into horse racing. So you can just ask him; he will go off for a few minutes if you ask him about his picks for the day. You know, so that's kind of cool. And my dad is a huge Bears fan, so. Um, it was really a cool opportunity. My dad, um, my mom and dad came up from to from St. Louis to the races one day and Ditka happened to be there. So that was a cool thing where I got to introduce my dad to Ditka at one point, which was like really, really, really cool. Cause my dad played high school football and was, he's just been a huge bears fan for his entire life. So that was, that was probably one of the cooler moments there. Um, yeah, I met, uh, Oh, what's his name? I forgot. David. Coach. Kechner. Yeah, Kechner. David yeah. Kechner from uh, 
from Anchorman, yeah, obviously. From Anchorman, the Anchorman, but and, The Office. Yeah, The Office. He's Todd he Packer. He's Todd in the Packer. Office. Yeah. I had a really great conversation with him about podcasts, actually, when he was at the racetrack. We talked a lot about podcasts. Does and he have books. one? He does. I don't think he has one. Good. But he's really. We don't a need funny any more. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have him. We're gonna have him on here. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so I know cool. him a little bit. Yeah. He went uh, the the president of Arlington. He he was a college roommate. Yeah. So oh, I've gotten really? to know him through that, and he's a cool guy. So so oh, he'll be on cool. he'll be on soon. Yeah. Yeah. So he he was a really interesting person to talk to too, because he reads a lot, and I I do a lot of reading too. So I was just we talked a lot about books and podcasts, which are like two of my favorite things. So that was cool. Um, we used to have a partnership with the Cubs, like my first season here. Yeah. And so we were doing this thing where a jockey was throwing out the first pitch and I was playing the call to post as he was throwing the ball out at a Cubs game, like at Wrigley Field. And while I was there, this is probably my favorite. This was one of my favorite people that I've ever, ever met, too. It, um, Jack White was there. So I don't know if you no. guys remember this. Like there was a news article out like a few years ago and they're like, why is Jack White so crabby at the Cubs game? Because there were all these pictures of him. Do you, do you remember this? No. Okay. So there were all these pictures of him like with like a really sour look on his face like after this Cubs game, basically. But he, he was at the Cubs game, and he came up and asked me all about the bugle and about my instrument. And he was like, that's a cool instrument. And we just talked and grabbed a picture. And I, I love the White Stripes and his, uh, his other side projects, so... I don't know. I thought that was really cool. So he was cool. Uh, Ozzy Gian has been out. I don't know if you met Ozzy, but he's a he's Mm-mm. a piece of work. So um, there are a lot of. Uh, well, you talked about the experience of playing at uh, Wrigley Field. Sure. You've also played down at uh, White Sox Park, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so U.S. Guaranteed Cellular Field, <laughs> Comiskey. You know, all Sox fans still call it. Either Sox Park or Comiskey, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you've been around Chicago. But anyway, yeah. uh, you played down there. You've played uh, the. Did you play on the mound? Did you play the call to post? Did you go out there? Um, at the White Sox. Yeah, Sox. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's always one of my favorite. I was there too. There's another thing I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're there I, every year. Yeah. Yeah. So that we have uh, this awesome partnership with the White Sox, and that's probably one of our my favorite partnerships that we have with the racetrack because everyone who works there is so nice and whenever we do our day our arlington day at the white Sox um field it's always it's always great like the jockey throws out the first pitch i play the call to post like on on the field so um it's just it's really cool it's fun and they always treat us really nice so yeah they do they're they're a great organization yeah all right monica well you're a great representative of arlington uh what's next for you i'll end with that oh man what do you want to do um what do i want to do kind of what i'm doing now but just on a bigger level so gigging more teaching more i would think it would be cool if you were still playing the bugle like you said doc severinson doesn't play anymore but Mm -hmm. if you were still playing the bugle when you were 92 at arlington that would be neat (laughs) That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Not exactly what I have in mind for my life, oh, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it could be cool yeah. if I, uh, in retirement. Uh, no, what do you want to do? Um, I, I want to have my own uh, 
chamber group. So like a group that does classical music. Um, but in strange, kind of like strange um, performance venues. So like classical music, but paired with like either dance or um, I don't know, some other kind of like multimedia. There's a lot of groups in town that do things that are similar to this, but I kind of want to start my own group kind of like that do you yeah good well yeah. good luck with that and thank you for coming on and and please uh in addition to this one please listen to one of our, our other podcasts <laughs> back to you i'm really impressed that you knew the name and it's uh, radiomisfits.com and you can find it listen to this one and please listen to one of the other ones and tell all your friends about it i know you're really <laughs> active on social media how many followers do you have on instagram uh, yeah, like 1,300 or that's, something like that's that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm what's called, I don't want to talk over your head, although you're pretty well-versed <laughs> in it. I'm on Instagram, and I'm what's called an influencer. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have 160 followers. Ah! Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it, you know, I make a little money off of it. I'm not going to lie. That's so, great. Yeah. So, you can retire early. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tell all your friends, put it on social media, and uh, I'm sure you enjoyed visiting with Steve also. I did. He's so great. All right, Monica, <laughs> thank you for coming in. Thanks. Thanks oh. for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Steve, thanks for your contribution to the interview to Monica. Uh, I think that you found her very interesting. The, the, the part that surprised me the most is when I asked her about when she auditioned yeah. to become the bugler at Arlington. And I asked her about the process. <laughs> and I was one of them. There's a pre-laugh again. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the persons that auditioned her and had no recollection of it. <laughs> but that was a few years ago. <clears throat> Did she laugh at that then? Yeah, yeah. She knows me. She okay. knows I'm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't and, listen hey, well, and I'm, I'm just uh, my memories of of the bugler were from summer camp when Reveille. I was in uh, the Boy Scouts. Yeah, and I don't know six in the morning every morning when the bugler would play that Reveille. Uh, specifically, if it was your number, and say your number was eight, you were going to have to be a waiter that day for breakfast for all of the troops that were at the camp. So, and I, and I hated to hear, I hated for that evening sun to go down. Would have been terrible if you wound up in the service. Well, I'd have been prepared. I'd have been waking up on time. Well, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got no choice there. Uh, this podcast, Back to You, comes from the Museum of Broadcast Communications, and we're happy to have this beautiful space in which to bring you back to you. Steve, I'll ask you uh, one last question here, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, did you play, uh, <laughs> I always say that, and we never wrap up. <laughs> did, did you play any instruments as a child? Uh, yeah, I played for a short period of time. The cornet. You did. A cousin of the bugle and the trumpet. Really? Just for very briefly. Yeah. And uh, I attempted to play the piano early. Had piano lessons, but just did not have much interest in it. So, I mean, there was a lot of music in the family. But what I did most of 
or sing as opposed to play an instrument. Ah, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. you can sing on the show one of these days. Then yeah. um, I, played, I can sing one of these days. I took one the, of these. Oh, I don't remember. No, you, know, you can't a song sing. Called, you, no, but you can't sing on the show don't, because we don't. Right. It's copyright. All right. So it's you copyright okay. laws. All right. Did you not remember that? No. All the rules he Where's gave my us. tab? Tony said, "Please, <laughs> please don't swear." Because we're not back. that we're not that kind That's of a callback. Yeah, he's like, yeah, if you want to swear. You, you ever want. heard of a callback? That was a callback. Yeah. When I said, "Where's the tab? Where's my tab?" Yeah. I went all the way back to the beginning. You did to get a pre-laugh from you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not a yeah. post-laugh. No, because it wasn't that good. I took <laughs> the guitar. Laugh never rings twice. Just I got guitar that. lessons for a while. Did all you right. really? All right, yeah. This is a whole other show we're thinking about now. Yeah. I wasn't very good. And I, I didn't practice a lot, so I, I kind of gave it up. But uh, I would like to pick it up again. All right. Our thanks to Monica Benson, who is a very talented musician, a great young lady, well-spoken. Yes, indeed. And she did a great job. And uh, we will continue to work to get Barack Obama on back to you. Yes. So why don't you make a phone call too once in a while because you know people. Wasn't Please, funny. I know. Watch him answer my text like yes. that. Yes, that'd be good. That'd be good. He'll say, "I'll go on with Steve, but not Howard." <laughs> yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Our executive producer is Tony Lasano, and our engineer is Sam Greenberg. And uh, did I get your names right? Uh, where are you going? Tony's leaving. He's done. I with got this. his name. So where are you going? <laughs> Oh, wait, I have something else to read. He's going to the computer. Uh, special thanks today to Engineer Blank. That's what it says. It is him. It is Greenberg, right? Yeah. Uh, executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. Opishows.com. How many times do I have to say that? Opishows.com. Distributed by Ed Silhot. This is longer than the podcast. Radiomisfits.com. All right, that's back to you. We'll see you next time. I don't know what that means. Please listen. There's construction. What's that? What is that noise? They're, they're locking they're tearing us. the room down as you speak. <laughs> they're locking us in. <laughs> no, I think they're kicking us out. I, all of that is possible. <laughs> I'll see you. Bye. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Opie! On this week of And Friends, we're talking about sexual things. Ooh, sexual things. <laughs> oh, yes. And Florida people. And Mickey Mouse comes and Roundhouse kicks us. And friends, RadioMisfits.com. I hate this show. <laughs> I love this show. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, creating a car that Aston Martin never made, plus a true family truckster sells for big money. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.